0: and sports zone update
1: well otas continued in green bay today kicker mason crosby among the veterans that are taking part he had a rough 2021 missing nine kicks which was the most in the nfl part of the issue the holds of punter cory behorquez who is no longer with the club in his place, longtime Chicago punter Pat O'Donnell. He's an experienced holder and became very familiar with Crosby this offseason as he lived in his basement for a few weeks in Green Bay while the family searched for a place to live. Crosby thinks that situation will help them on the field this fall. You
2: know, that really kind of got us off, uh, you know, on a good start where, uh, you know, we kind of learned each other's personalities and how we operate together. And, you know, for me, relationship and all those things, uh, you know, are just imp- as important as having it exactly right all the time because we can talk and trust each other and make sure that it's, uh, it's right. You know, whenever
3: that time comes and we need
1: it. Packers will return to the field once more this week. Then they have a mandatory minicamp slated for next Tuesday through Thursday. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, several other veterans are expected to attend after not being there for OTAs. Rodgers has a bit of an excuse this week as he's playing in the match golf event tonight out in Las Vegas. He's teamed up with Tom Brady to face Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in the televised event. Things get going at
0: 530. We're
1: Well, the Brewers are going to close out their longest road trip of the season tonight against the Cubs in Chicago. Milwaukee is going to send Jason Alexander to the mound. He's going to be making his major league debut at age 29. First pitch is at 7.05. With this Wisconsin Zone Network Update, I'm Zach Heil-Pritt. First pitch is at 7.05. With this Wisconsin Zone Network Update, I'm Zach Heil-Pritt.
4: Alfredo Figaro. All oh, the 2014 Brewers, all name team. You have Wei Chung Wang,
0: Rob Wooten. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
4: to start the, the very beginning of the show, like the first two or three minutes before we really get into it. Some funny story or anecdote or some joke that I was thinking about all day. But yesterday and today, I'm really struggling to come up with something. I got nothing today. So what I did was I Googled funny sports jokes and I clicked the first website and I'm going to read you like the first two or three. Just lighten up the room a little bit. You know, it's like a hot bath. We can't just jump right in. Oh, Yo, you should abandon the shift. We're only 60 seconds in. We can't go hard sports takes yet. So a couple jokes to warm up the room because I was unable to come up with anything else. Why does a pitcher raise one leg when he throws the ball? Does anyone know? Anyone know? Because if he raised them both, he'd fall down. <laughs> it's actually not bad. Uh, let's see here. What goes all the way around the baseball field but never moves? This is an easier one. The fence. The <laughs> fence. Uh, what's the difference between a pickpocket and an umpire? One steals watches, and one watches steals. That's pretty weak. Can't believe that made it onto sportsjokes.com. Uh, what did the baseball gloves say to the ball? Catch you later. That's pretty good. <laughs> Why is Yankee Stadium the coolest place to be? It's full of fans. Nice. <laughs> There we go. Is that enough? Is that enough small talk? Lighten up the room a little bit. Gotta warm everyone up. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. It's cheap. I'll try to have something better tomorrow. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I hope you're having an excellent day. We got the Brewers coming up tonight. We got the match tonight. Oh, God, the match between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. So we have that tonight. We have a lot of actual golf news today. Chaos! In the golf world and in the PGA, well, at least that's what I'm reading. I don't know golf very well. I barely know golf at all, uh, which is why we're going to enlist some help. At 5 o'clock, Ben Kenny is going to be here. Uh, You hear him on Kenny and Heilprin. You hear him on the Thrill Michael show from 10 to 2 every single day. Ben is a golf savant. Uh, He's great. He likes to occasionally gamble on golf, uh, and he loves it. I don't love golf. My golf fandom basically is... Every once in a while, I throw it on the TV for vibes and I take a nap. And that doesn't mean I don't enjoy it, but I, you know, I know the names and I know the names of some of the tournaments, but this whole Saudi Arabian Super League millions of dollars getting thrown right there, this is all a little bit over my head. I think I get it, but we're really going to get it with Ben Kenny. He'll join us in an hour to talk about what's going on in the golf world, talk about the match tonight. Maybe I can get some way too early, bold Big Ten predictions. We'll see. Ben will be here in an hour. I want to do OTAs. I want to talk Packers. And we're going to try to draw up some drama today. Just see if we can't get in a little bit of trouble. Talking about uh, some of Matt LaFleur's comments. Was he taking shots at his players? No, but by 5 o'clock, maybe we can convince ourselves that he was. I don't know. And is David Bakhtiari's career over? Uh, no, it's not. But maybe we can convince ourselves that it is. And maybe we could start some drama. We're going to do that at uh, 5.30 or, excuse me, 4.30. Talk Packers. Talk some TAs. I want to start with the Brewers, and you are more than welcome to join me. Encouraged, in fact, to join me. 608-796-2558 is the number to call and text. You can find me on Twitter, if Twitter's your thing, at Wisco Grant. Okay, last night, Brewers lost to the Cubs, 8-7. Other than a win, other than the result, last night's game actually checked a lot of boxes for me. I enjoyed watching it, and I think it was an example of a... Uh, of some good things, some things we want to see from our team, or at least things that I want to see, things that we've talked about. Number one thing, it was another seesaw game. Right? It was another back-and-forth affair. Right? We like that, back-and-forth scoring. Again, I'm going to break down the scoring to illustrate my point. This is how the game went. Contreras Homer, Cubs up one nothing. Tyrone Taylor, three-run double. Brewers up 3-1. Andrelton Simmons, one-run single. Brewers up 3-2. Simmons scores on pickoff. Error, 3-3 tie. Victor Caratini, Homer, Brewers lead 6-3. Higgins, Homer, Brewers lead 6-5. Contreras, double, 6 tie. Patrick Schwindel, that's his name, right? Patrick Schwindel, I had that right? Patrick Wisdom, Frankie Schwindel. I knew that was wrong. Cubs lead 6-7. Rowdy Telez single, 7-7 tie. And Patrick Wisdom, Homer, Cubs lead 8-7. Back and forth affair, seesaw game. We like that. Some resiliency, some elasticity from the Brewers offense. Not getting bogged down and not getting over-reliant. On one home run and one big inning. We like that. So I like that last night, even though the Brewers didn't win. There's also another really good example of a starting pitcher, gut check. Tough outing, right? Eric Lauer didn't have his best stuff last night. But he battled, and he did okay anyways. A wonky fourth inning really kind of doomed him. Fascinating outing from Eric Lauer last night. He went four innings, but he threw 90 pitches. It's bizarre. It's hard to throw that many pitches in four innings. Here's some examples of, of how this outing got a little weird. So in the first inning, he had a one pit, one pitch at bat, excuse me, to Christopher Morrell. Then he strikes out Frankie Schwindel on five pitches, strikes out Nico Horner on three pitches. But in that same inning, he had a six pitch at bat, Wilson Contreras, who's red hot, hits a homer. And then he has a 12 pitch at bat with Patrick Wisdom, who's single. So he had 18 pitches Between two hitters, despite needing only one pitch to retire the first hitter, five and three pitches to retire the other two. So, a lot of good, but also a little bad. In the second inning, he has a one-pitch at-bat to Hap, who hit a triple. He has a four-pitch walk to Clint Frazier, who, by the way, has four hits versus the Brewers this season, two versus the rest of Major League Baseball combined, which is just bizarre. Then he had a strikeout, a strikeout, and a lineout, which was a two-pitch at-bat. So, again, in the second inning, a lot of good but also a couple of rough spots that really made it tougher on him. If you're if you're getting the picture here. Every inning it seemed like Eric Lauer would have two really efficient, effective at bats, and then one or two would go sideways and that would ruin the whole inning. The fourth inning is the perfect example of this. The fourth and final inning of Eric Lauer's outing. Right? He gets hap to line out on three pitches. Then Clint Frazier doubles on three pitches. Then Rivas has a ground out on two pitches. So at this point. Eric Lauer has recorded two outs and he's only thrown eight pitches. Then, all with two outs, Andrelton Simmons singles, four pitches. Morale draws a walk on six pitches. Victor Caratini throws one into right field, which ties the game. Wilson Contreras gets hit because water is wet. Wilson Contreras, by the way, uh, twice, twice the amount of hit-by-pitches, the next closest guy in Major League Baseball. Man, every pitcher must hate him. That's weird. It must be everyone else's fault. And after all that, Eric Lauer then locks horns with Patrick Wisdom for a nine-pitch at bat and puts him away. So again, in the first, the second, and the fourth inning, he was so close, but it was a couple of at-bats getting away from him that really derailed the start, and it wasn't even all his fault, right? Like Victor Caratini throwing the ball into right field leads to two runs coming across the plate and a bunch of extra pitches needing to be thrown. Even though it wasn't his most effective start, I come away from last night's game thinking Eric Lauer can pitch for me anytime because even when things aren't lining up for that guy, he fights and he still battles through as many innings and covers as much ground for his team as he can. Here's Craig Council on the outing from Eric Lauer and the fight he had to
5: put up. I mean, there was, you know, a little less swing and miss than, than you usually see. Um, some some long at-bats uh, that, that we haven't seen. Um, so, you know, he... he you know, did, did all right, really. You know, he should should have been probably, you know, he made that error. Probably two runs, and you know, and just got through it. Um, and, you know, he, but he was, he was kind of fighting to get through it for sure.
4: Fighting, battling, working through it, even though he didn't have his best stuff. Something we talk about all the time. So not only was last night's game your classic seesaw game, but also your classic gut chet starting pitcher outing game. We need to think of a better label for that. Last night was also a good reminder of something else, a game that the Brews lost 8-7. to seven. Uh, You need the defense to not stink. right? We talk about pitching, and that's important. We talk about offense, and that's important. We don't often talk about defense, and you don't really realize how important defense is until the defense stops playing well. And I guess you could think of the Packers as well. The defense plays well, the offense could play well, or at least okay like they did in that playoff game. Well, actually, the offense was horrible. I'm not going to say they played okay. They didn't play okay. But the offense did enough, the defense was really good, but then the special teams went to and You don't think about the special teams unless they're bad, which is why Packers fans, we think of special teams all the time. It's the same in baseball, right? The defense has got to be there every night. Because last night, the defense was bad, and the decision-making, that throw from Caratini to first base was dumb, and that led to a mess too. But when the defense is that bad, and you're leaking everywhere around the field, and you're giving away free runs... The Brewers almost had to win the game three different times last night. They got out to a lead, and then they blew it because of some bad defense. And then they got out to a lead, and then they blew it again because of some bad defense. And they almost come back and win it again. That would have been the third time. But they just didn't have the offense. They just could not land enough punches near the end to win the game a third time. So you had hero with a bad throw to first. Jelic had a horrible night in the field. Just horrible. Just horrible. Garantini's throw was bad and led to runs. I can live with that a little bit more. I thought Rock did a nice job kind of contextualizing that play last night. He said as a catcher, when your pitcher doesn't have his stuff and he can't get outs, you're trying to pick him up. You're trying to make a play. So I don't completely fault Caratini. I also believe a lot in Eric Lauer. It's not like Ethan Small was out there or Trevor Kelly or whoever that weirdo was on the mound last night who couldn't get an out. I like Eric Lauer. I trust Eric Lauer. I don't know that I need to risk throwing a ball into right field, but I at least understand where Victor Caratini was coming from. So I get it. That's a little bit more excusable. The outfield had a horrendous night and I feel for the pitchers because the offense was popping last night. No one was getting retired. Everyone was getting hits. Everyone was putting the ball in play. So the pitchers were already having a rough go and Eric Lauer and relievers who came in after him just were getting no help from the defense. Craig council was asked last night after the game, your defense got to make some of those plays or, or what do you think? Yeah.
5: I mean, the wind was, you know, had a big impact on the game. Clearly. Um, you know, I mean, they're tough plays. You know, the, I mean, Tyrone's ball's going against a brick wall, and you always, the ball down the line, like Contreras said, he's running into a brick wall, you know. And so it's, I mean, that, that's what changes things here. That's what makes this a tough place to play. Um, the ball that Schwindel had just, he put it in the right spot, you know. I mean, those, both guys both went for it, and nobody was going to get it.
4: You know, I yell and get upset about how the outfielders need to make those plays. And I think Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich need to. Well, they're all good defenders. Tyro Taylor's been playing well, too. Yelich, I would just like to be excellent at something. Like, okay, if you're not going to hit for power, can you not strike out so much, especially in the ninth inning? And he was striking out. Although Yelich had an okay night offensively last night. He had a triple. He had a couple runs scored. So I'm I'm not going to fault Yelich. But those outfielders are capable of making those plays. I also know how hard it is to catch a fly ball, especially when it's that windy. And maybe we don't appreciate that enough, right? Wrigley is a really tough place to play. You saw outfielders, even on routine pop flies, shortstop ranging out or the second baseman ranging out and zigzagging all over the field when finally coming down with the catch and they're falling away because the wind blows it all over the place. So that's part of the ballpark. But a couple of those plays last night, man, if you just come down with those, you win this game going away because they just leaked runs. They bled runs all over the field. And the Brewers almost won the game a third time last night. They won it twice. And their defense and pitching just couldn't hold on. Their run prevention unit couldn't hold on. Two Brewers things I want to talk about, and they're both separate from last night's game. Although I suppose every Brewers game is an example of both of these things in a way. Thing number one that I wanted to mention, and it's something we started talking about yesterday when talking about Ethan Small's debut and the career-best outing of Aaron Ashby on Monday night, the second half of that doubleheader. Brewers have a really good support system for pitchers. That's really, 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 really important. And I think back to the before times, before we stepped into this era of Brewers baseball, really 2019 slash 2020 and forward. 2018 really isn't in in this category because the starting pitching wasn't there. Think back before the Brewers had elite starting pitching, before Burns and Woodruff and Peralta were really established, before they had Ashby and Small and these other guys bubbling up from the minors. Think back before all of this. The Brewers always had some stud pitcher coming up. There was always one, right? Willie Peralta is the perfect example. It's like, here's the guy. This is going to be the next guy. And none of those guys ever got to the level that we hoped. They never turned into the dominant ace that we were hoping it would turn into, right? And that's evidenced by the 12,346 different opening day starters we've seen over the last 10 years, because just when you think you have the guy, okay, he's not the guy and then they normally end up in the bullpen, and then they normally end up out of baseball, like with Willie Peralta. Remember when he ended up in the bullpen, and he's bouncing around the league? We were hoping that he was going to be the savior. He was going to be the next ace at some point. They were always doing it one at a time. Here comes Willie Peralta a couple of years later. Here comes the next guy. They're doing it much better now, right? Pitching breeds pitching. Once Woodruff got established, that made it easier for Burns to get established. Then that Made it easy to be patient with Peralta, and then he got himself established. And now with Woody and Burns and Peralta all established in that rotation, Eric Lauer's been able to adjust and work on his pitches and tweak and slowly work himself in, and now look what he's doing. Now Lauer's in the mix as well with Woody and Burns and Peralta, which gives Aaron Ashby more time to slowly build his way up like you need to as a starting pitcher. He has more breathing room to try pitches, to tweak things, to reinvent himself. It really is a process to get established as a starting pitcher. Because as soon as you think you're there, hitters start to figure you out, and you got to start it over again, right? The analogy I used yesterday, it's almost like the Brewers have created a pitching nursery, right? Now, it's still on the individual, like Eric Lauer, to put the work in. And by everything you read about Eric Lauer working around with all of his pitching coaches in Milwaukee uh, and in the alternate training site during the pandemic, he did put the work in. But The Brewers have created this environment where pitchers have time and room to grow. And I think that's why a couple of years ago, right, we were killing for Willie Peralta to be good, and he wasn't. And now we're just, we're turning over rocks and we're finding elite pitchers. It's like, oh, here's Eric Lauer. He's really good now. Yeah, that's because he came in into an environment that gave him time and support and, 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 and help to really develop himself, where Willie Peralta had to be the guy from day one. That's just not a recipe for success. Lastly, before we take a break, one more Brewers thing I want to mention, and we're going to talk about a specific Brewer coming up next, Packers at 4.30. A message to Brewers fans really quickly. Relax about Lorenzo Cain, and how he's been hitting the ball very well, and Andrew McCutcheon, who's really struggling. You realize Keston here is doing some good things? Tyrone Taylor's hitting like an MVP right now. Narvaez is red hot. He's got eight hits since last Thursday. Not every hitter can be hot at the same time. Focus on the good, okay? Let's not dwell on how Andrew McCutcheon's struggling coming off of being really sick. It's June 1st, for God's sake. Focus on the guys who are hitting. It'll be a lot more fun. We we got good hitters, hot hitters coming out of our butt right now. We got great pitching. There's a lot of good things to talk about with this team. Can we not obsess over the one or two guys who aren't hitting? This is just a very negative way to live. And while I'm not opposed to being negative, we're going to be negative with the Packers. We're going to try to stir up some drama coming up in about 15 minutes. But with the Brewers, just relax a little bit. There's a lot of good things to talk about, including some things that Keston here is doing. Let's talk about that coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
4: Miss Grant Bills. We're going to talk Packers. We're going to listen to some audio from OTAs, which are really meaningless and really boring and not really much to talk about with OTAs. So we're going to make something to talk about. We're going to listen to Matt LaFleur's words when he was asked, Hey, Matt, why is no one at OTAs this year? Why is it Sammy Watkins here? Where is everybody? We're going to, we're going to stir up some drama. We're going to get in a little bit of trouble. We're going to create some intrigue. Coming up in here in 10 minutes, something like that. Whenever we get to it, I want to talk about custom here at first. We're talking Brewers. You can join me, 608-796-2558. Give me a call or give me a text. I'm on Twitter if you're on Twitter and you want to be on Twitter together. You can find me at Wisco Grant. Vagabond John. Oh, we, we can't talk about this right now. Maybe later on in the show. Uh, Vagabond John tweeted at me earlier because there was this there was this map going around about the most overrated city in every state. And this map said that Madison was the most overrated city in Wisconsin. No, 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 no. I believe that would be Green Bay. My opinion. That's not to say Green Bay isn't cool, but it's not nearly as cool as everyone says it is. I like Madison. Madison's not overrated. Vagabond John, I'm going to bat for your city. What are two advantages that Madison have over Green Bay? Okay, well, first of all, Madison is like actually an old-time Classy city with cool old housing and a and his, rich history in the capital. That's cool. Just for starters, there's a scene in Madison. There's no scene in Green Bay. Oh, go to Kroll's. Oh, I, you mean a burger? Wow, can't get one of those anywhere else. See you now. You've derailed me, Vagabond John. And I guess this is my fault because I didn't have to. I didn't have to read your text. Tim and Menominee back on the Brewers. Okay, let's do this. For years and years, the Brewers are like Wiley e. Coyote. Ordering pitchers from the Acme Arm Company would always blow up on them. All my life, I've never seen them have pitching like this. Yeah, and I think it's once they finally hit one, once they finally hit Brandon Woodruff, it's like they had solid footing. And once you get one, it's easier to get the next one. And then if you get two, well, then getting the third and fourth, that's easiest, right? So I think pitching breeds more pitching. And once you have a good arm or two in the rotation, then you can be a little bit more patient. And you can bring your other guys along, slowly but surely. And then they're ready and they're actually polished and they're brought up the right way. And that's where the Brewers have gotten. And that's why Ashby is succeeding. That's why Peralta in the long term has succeeded despite taking his lumps. Burns too. Burns was like the worst pitcher in baseball two years ago. Look at him now. Their offense is coming along as well. I want to talk about Keston Hira. I actually believe, as of today, June 1st, 2022, Keston Hira is a more intriguing topic than Christian Yelich, which... I don't know if I ever could have predicted or would have predicted at any point. I'd rather talk about Hira, right? His struggles and his situation is at least interesting. If you look at his splits, these are mind-blowing. I don't understand how this is real life. He has 64 total at-bats this year. Now, not plate appearances, at-bats. He has 64 at-bats, 37 versus left-handed pitchers, 39 versus right-handed pitchers. Right. For plate appearances, there's nine walks and there's three hit by pitches. So those don't count. We have 64 total at bats in 2022, almost evenly split between left handed and right handed pitchers 37 versus 39. First versus lefties, four hits, three walks, 17 strikeouts, 17 out of 37 plate appearances versus lefties. <laughs> Guest in here is average against left-handed pitchers, 125, an OBP of 243. The average in the league is 320, 290 is horrendous. He's got an OBP of 243, yikes. That's versus lefties. Now versus righties, 39 plate appearances, he has 11 hits, 6 walks, still a lot of strikeouts. He's got 14 But he's hitting 344. The OBP is 462, which is way above average. And his OPS is 1.275, which if you compare that to the best in baseball, Paul Goldschmidt's the best in baseball for OPS, and he is 1.054. So Kensington Hero versus right-handed pitchers, way better than the best in the league, better than Goldschmidt, Jose Ramirez, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts. Now, that's literally only half the story, right? Now, that's just versus righties, but he's been so good against righties, it's insane. Of his 64 total at-bats in 2022, which is those 37 plate appearances from the left, 39 plate appearances versus the right, minus nine walks and three hit-by pitches, which is where you get the 64 total at-bats, he has five home runs, nine walks, and 31 strikeouts, meaning 70% of Keston Hira's at-bats have ended in a home run, a walk, or a strikeout is that insane or if i flush numbers out with a lot of other similar hitters is this actually not that weird because that seems insane to me that doesn't seem just like a baseball in 2022 thing that seems like the most bizarre thing i've ever i've ever researched in baseball 70 percent of his at bats has ended in a home run a walk or a strikeout i i almost can't believe that that's true i almost can't believe that's a thing 608-796-2558 Vagabond John uh and we were going at it on Twitter about which city in Wisconsin is most overrated uh we were both reacting to a map that said it was Madison I don't think Madison is overrated and I don't even love Madison that much it's kind of expensive to drink sometimes and I always I was end up getting lost but I but I still do love Madison it's not overrated John come on
2: Well, first of all, I know I was kind of talking down on baseball uh, last week when I called in, but I am very excited to go to my first Brewer game of the season this Saturday. Ended up pairing it for anybody else that's going to that game. After it ends, there's a Slipknot concert that's starting 25 minutes away (laughs) in Detroit. So a buddy and I just put together an excellent Saturday that we are very excited for. So I do, as much as I, you know, trash talk watching baseball on TV, you know, you still an in-person experience is is excellent well done and it's you know ties a little bit into my gripe with madison i've lived here for 10 years Mm -hmm. i am uh now i think a madisonian probably will be here for the next five but i work very often as part of the reason i got the name vagabond is because they're like well you're calling in from green bay all the time you're calling from madison and if you go i've had this argument a couple times if you go amenity for amenity talking casinos with blackjack tables. You're talking bars <laughs> okay. with activities. Okay? Okay. In Green Bay, you have bars that have indoor pickleball courts that have pickleball leagues. And who the heck cares about pickleball? But that's just fun. Right? In mm-hmm. Madison, unless you're going out to like Sun Prairie or you're going out to Middleton, I think there's two or three bars in total in the Madison actual Madison proper that even have a volleyball court. And it's impossible to find a league. There's just oh man, live music in Madison's really tough to find unless you're willing to pay twenty five to thirty bucks to go to like the two venues that host okay, gigs. First, first of all, first of all, on the live music thing,
4: is is the live music scene bad in Madison? Because before the pandemic, it was pretty good in yes. lacrosse. I'd contend that Eau Claire, pound for pound, has the best live music scene of anywhere in the state. It's dead in lacrosse right now, and that doesn't mean there there are aren't good musicians and singers and sorry, there, there are, it's just organizationally, there's just not a lot of places that are putting on shows, at least downtown where I live. Like I'll drive a little bit, but I'll pay a $20 cover. If the band's great and I have a great time, that's not going to turn me away.
2: Yeah. And I'll do that same thing. Um, I play in a band and we try to get gigs around Madison and there's about two or three spots that'll let you in. Um, But they don't pay. So the difference is, We've been contacted by bars recruiting us to go play in Green Bay, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you five hundred bucks for the night." Wow, Madison, it's like, yeah, you know, you have to pay us a hundred dollars to use our sound system. You get exposure, you though. They'll pay you an $5 exposure. five dollar cover, you get. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, it, you know, you can go back and forth to the two cities after diving into it. You know, you don't want to talk about school systems. That's boring. You don't want to talk about taxes because obviously that's one sided. <laughs> yeah. But You know, when you get down to what the average 24 to 35 year old cares about, man, Green Bay is a heck of a time. In terms of most overrated in Wisconsin, I mean, I'm putting Milwaukee right on that right on that spot. I think Milwaukee is one of the worst cities in terms of major American cities. It lacks so wow. many amenities. I just, man, it's a major American city. Man, that airport has direct flights to where you know. So, I think its proximity to Chicago hurts. But, anyways, it was a fun graphic on Twitter. Always appreciate the conversation. <laughs> Very excited for Brewers later. Yeah, and uh, I will not take any more Green Days or Green Green Bay. I will also not take Green yeah. Day slander. I was gonna say, you can Green you Bay. can
4: catch me dead slandering Green Day. I don't I don't feel the need to slander Green Bay. It's just the the people who are born and raised in the Green Bay bubble, and that includes Appleton and some of the other places, they they just think very high and mighty about their corner of the state. And they do have the Packers, which is cool that's cool. I just I don't know. It, it's a little much sometimes. So I was that's what I was I will, tweeting about today and
2: yeah. I yeah. I will say they do have a better like overall theater. They do have a better sports scene. I, I mean, I would put, you know, Packers, Badgers, I love them both. The Packers are better, you know, on overall letter. They also have arguably one of the top ten sports bars in the country in Stadium View right across. And they have live music paid artists, what, six days a week during the summer the whole time. I feel like I'm doing a promo for them right now. But, like, they haven't been to Green Bay to Stadium View, but they are, uh, it's great. Well, this so, is how we anyways, win. I'll this leave is you how that we. We'll, we'll
4: chat soon. Yeah, thanks, Vagabond John, and enjoy the game. This is how we get on in Green Bay. And and Vagabond John's going to be, he might, we're actually bringing him on as a consultant, the sales guy, uh, because we're trying to court some stations in Green Bay so we can get the word out, the Wisco Sports Show on in Green Bay. And speaking of Green Bay, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about OTAs. I, we can hear from Matt We can hear from AJ Dillon. We can hear, Mike Clemens has got us covered, okay? But really, what I want to do is play you a couple of cups of Matt LeFleur and we're going to try to be dramatic. We're going to try to overreact and make a mountain out of a molehill, some small, tiny little comments, and we're going to look for something to blow up and make into a big deal, even though it's OTAs and they don't really matter. Let's do that next. Talking Packers, Wisco Sports Show, back in a couple of minutes.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
4: Show Ben Kenny will be here in a half hour. Ben Kenny of the Bill Michaels show, or as I like to say, the Thrill Michaels show. You also hear him every Thursday night, all along our network, on Kenny and Heilprin. We're gonna tap into his golf knowledge. It's big day in golf today. Between the match tonight, which Aaron Rodgers is playing in, Matt LaFleur said he's gonna have to DVR it, but he'll probably watch. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the clarification. <laughs> You're doing an OTA presser about, you know, David Bakhtiari's knee and getting Jair Alexander back. And then some beat reporters like, hey, so you're watching the match tonight? Yeah, I'll I'll DVR. When's it on? Six? All right, I'll DVR. I'll watch it later. So we're going to talk about the match, which is Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. But really what I want to talk is the Saudi Arabians getting involved and poaching american golfers from the pga for this new league which i believe is called the live or the liv i'm not sure that's actually my first question for ben kenny uh it's a semantics thing it's a pronunciation thing but ben kenny you'll be here talk golf in about a half hour right now i want to get into the packers talk otas and i'm assuming that's why david has phoned me 608-796-2558 what's up david
6: that's not correct oh i, I didn't
4: you. Uh, being presumptive i'm I sorry i
6: phoned you to find out if I made you an offer that you couldn't refuse.
4: <laughs> okay, so you told me last week that I need to watch The Godfather. I have watched Top Gun, which for me is big. I, I don't like watching movies. I certainly don't like watching old movies, uh, but I normally, you know, it's, I normally enjoy them. It's just I got to sit down and force myself. I've not seen it yet, uh, but I will very soon.
6: Okay, and for what it's <laughs> worth, I'm unhappy. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers not being at OTAs. Really? I'm happy. Really? Yeah, sure. Sure, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a one-trick pony here. <laughs> you're not. You're not just a
4: blind Rodgers defender to call me out when I complain about him. Okay. Okay.
6: Well, no, no. You need that. Of course, you need well, that. Yeah. But, but apart from that, I, you know, I, I wish he were. He, he cares so much about his legacy. He wants to be. He wants to go down as this unbelievably successful quarterback. Why isn't he doing a fairly simple thing? Well, now maybe after the golf match he'll show up. <sighs> I hey, don't I have know. A question.
7: Next, yeah, go ahead.
6: Next time you're talking to a Packer expert, no, oh, yeah. I just want to know if they. I just want to know if they give to the new wide receiver. You know the rookies. Mm-hmm. If they give them one of those machines where they can practice catching a thousand passes a day. <laughs> well. They
4: better because their starting quarterback's not there, so they either have throwing machines or they got a bunch of backup quarterbacks ready to go. What's the machine called? Uh, The Jugs machine, I believe.
6: Yeah, yeah.
4: I think you should get one of those. If you're drafted into the NFL as a wide receiver, you should just be given a Jugs machine on draft night. Hey, something I was thinking about, David, do you think if Aaron Rodgers were at OTAs, that would... Uh, lead a lot of other players to be at OTAs? Like Al Lazard is in there, Jair Alexander, a couple of guys who maybe we thought. Sammy Watkins, if Rodgers was there, do you think all these other guys would be? Do you think he has an impact on that?
6: Lazard's in a unique position, but the rest of them, absolutely. Okay. And, you know, Lazard, Lazard's position is, imagine what would happen if he got injured right now.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So it's a contract, so, but that's a little rest different. Rest them,
6: yeah, Right. Everybody else should be there. Of course. I agree. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page about yeah. something,
4: David. And I promise I'll watch The Godfather soon. I promise.
6: Okay. And when you're done with that, I'll give you some other really good suggestions. <laughs> Dude, I gotta, Look, I got a list. For you, for you, it's number one, NBA, uh-huh. number two, the Packers, mm-hmm. and number three, music. Uh-huh. And so you got no room for movies. It's a problem.
4: Yeah, movies, see, you get it. You can't, David, you're a busy man. You can't be into everything. You can't watch everything. You can't like everything. You do need to set time aside. Although, I'm not opposed to watching movies. It's just, it's a very busy week. I visited my parents this last weekend. I got a bunch of things. I got to move. I need to go to the bank because I forgot my password. It's just a whole, it's a whole thing
6: this week. So, this weekend, hopefully. I don't know a lot of people who have the NBA as being number one, though. I'm (gasps) impressed that you do. I don't know that it's number
4: one. I Okay, well, our teams, all of our teams are number one to me. I like the NBA because it's always dark and cold outside and there's nothing else to do, and it's on every night. I think that's the appeal with the
6: NBA to me. I know, but the excitement of here is that if it ain't number one, it's it's awfully close.
4: No, that's true. All right, I'm with you there. All right, David, uh, we need to hear some Matt LaFleur audio. Wait, and so, then, so, go, so,
6: go ahead. So who's going to win the NBA? The finals. Or, or uh, that yet? Yeah. Uh, I feel like. Oh, sorry, I, we, we, I. mean, you're gonna tell us, right? Well,
4: yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I don't do a lot of picks. I feel like Golden State will probably win. I kind of still think Boston's the better team. I think Boston's the best team remaining. I just don't know if they can put a full 48 minutes together enough times like they'll play really good for 43 minutes and then the five minutes where they don't play well that's why they lose and that's why it went seven with the heat that like they're way better than the heat i feel like maybe the finals will look similar to the way the series did against miami except golden state's a little better
6: and golden state has two wisconsin kids i think we should you know we should enjoy that
4: hell yes Hell yes. Kavon Looney and Jordan Poole. Is is Kavon Looney the most decorated Wisconsin athlete ever? He's got rings. He's got a lot of rings. I think he might be.
6: Huh. I'll have to think on that one.
4: <laughs> okay, David. Have a good night,
6: man. Thanks. You too, bye.
4: That's David, 608-796-2558.
6: Who agrees
4: with me about OTAs? Yeah, I want all the guys to be there. That's what Matt LaFleur said, too. Uh, let's hear a little bit from Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was asked... Sammy Watkins, for example. Sammy Watkins isn't there. So Matt LaFleur was asked, are you comfortable with Sammy Watkins not being there? Here's Matt LaFleur's
8: response. I'm not comfortable with anybody not being here. <laughs> so I like I like them all here. But, you know, like, again, it's it's their choice. So, uh, you know, next week is mandatory minicamp. So there's consequences, obviously, for, for
4: not coming. See, Matt LaFleur with the media the other day, he got a little, not frustrated, but I think he was very honest. He's like, I wish my guys were here. I want them to be here. It stinks that they're not here. David agrees. We, I agree with David on a Packers topic. That's pretty nuts. Normally doesn't happen. What's going what's gonna to happen next? Dave from Monona is going to call in and tell, tell me that he got a, a pair of short running shorts. And he likes it because it's really breathable fabric. And it allows him to work out without getting too sweaty. And doesn't pinch when he sits down. Like That, that would be the next most likely thing. After David agrees with me on Aaron Rodgers, that would be the next most unlikely call. Uh, and I don't think we're going to get that call from David Monona. Probably not today, but maybe at some point. Malafleur was asked. There are some players that were not here last week that are here this week. What's that about? What's the story there?
8: I, I think we'll find out when we get out there. Uh, we had a team meeting. That I don't think I saw. You know, it's not like I'm taking attendance in there, but you're kind of just looking out into the crowd and seeing who's there. And you know, our guys have been, done a really good job of, of letting us know when they when something comes up or they can't make it or, or, um, you know, apparently it was pretty challenging to get into green Bay last night. A lot of flights getting canceled all across the country. So we're missing a couple guys that we had anticipated being here. But, um, as far as any new guys, I don't think so today. I think we'll see some new faces tomorrow. So many
4: flights getting canceled. Memorial day weekend was a tough one. Thousands of flights across the country getting canceled. And it's, you know, it's cause people don't want to work anymore. You know, these airlines they can't staff up, they can't staff all the flights. You know, don't have a flight attendants, don't have enough pilots, don't have enough. nobody wants to work. People walking off the job site. It's it's America these days. Nobody wants to work anymore. The irony here is that the people who don't want to work are preventing those that do want to work from getting to work. You see the irony here? Flights getting canceled, the Packers can't get to OTAs on time. All you should do is fly into Chicago and then look around the airport until you see a group of polka musicians that are about to get into a truck, and then you hop in the back of the truck with them, and they will take you to Green Bay. If you really wanted to be at OTAs, that's that's what you would do. Be what I recommend. Uh, Matt Lafleur asked, uh, how are you adjusting to lower
8: attendance? Well, I think it's just more the mindset that we're going to coach the guys that want to be here, and we're going to try to get those guys as, as, as good as possible, and hopefully that, uh, you know that they're in contention to make the roster when it comes down to it. Interesting. Brownie points. That's what he's saying. Free brownie points. Come and get them.
4: Sounds like it would behoove the roster bubble guys to be at OTAs, which I'm interested where Sammy Watkins falls in all this. I see a lot of Packers fans saying, well, this doesn't look good if Sammy Watkins wants to make the roster. I feel like Sammy Watkins is making the roster. Am I being naive? Am I oversimplifying this? Is there a chance that Sammy Watkins is going to make the roster? I feel like he's a roster lock, guys. I, I, don't, I don't think he's getting left off the roster. Although when you're installing a new offense, it would be who of the wide receiver who's new to the offense to be there to learn while the offense is installed. No? still, It's still not mandatory. I get it. It's optional. It, it's so bizarre to me, though, that Packers fans will defend guys who aren't there, especially Rodgers. It's like, well, OTAs don't matter. You know, veterans don't need to be there. It's not for them. It won't affect anything. Maybe, although I, I, I find the confidence odd for a team that's come up short of the Super Bowl 12 straight seasons now. I think we'd want to jump and find every opportunity to be set up for success, but I digress. 608 Wild Bill, what happens if they don't show up for mandatory minicamps next week? I think it's just fines. I think I think that's it. Or they have to sing in front of everyone else when they do get there. Maybe. I guess we'll never know that information. That sounds more like a summer camp thing. You know, lose your backpack. You got to sing I'm a little teapot in front of everyone. Maybe some something like that. Maybe Alan Lazard has to sing a Whitney Houston song in one of the position group meetings. I don't know, but I think it's just a fine wild bill.
0: Thank you for the text.
4: We'll hear more from Matt LaFleur, talk more about Packers OTAs, including what the heck is going on with David Bakhtiari. That's coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. <laughs>
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
8: I'm not comfortable with anybody not being here, <laughs> so I like I like them all here. But you know, like again, it's it's their choice. So uh, you know, next week is mandatory minicamp, so there's consequences, obviously, for for not coming.
4: Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, when asked, you cool with Sammy Watkins not being here? You know, he's new, never been part of this offense before. You cool with him not being here? I'm not cool with anybody not being here. And damn right he shouldn't be. And Packers fans, I guess I'm just a little disappointed with some of you. Some of us, we're a collective, right? Some fans disappoint me. OTAs don't matter. Veterans don't need to be there. Excuse me. Did I fall into a coma for the last 12 years and sleep through half a dozen Super Bowls that we won? What is, what is with this fan base that thinks everything's good? We'll be fine. It'll all work out. When has it ever been fine? When has it ever worked out the last 12 years? Oh, Grant, you're so privileged. Your team's always in the playoffs and you're finding a way to complain. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying they keep coming up short, and you'd think we'd, we'd look for any little edge, any little thing that could maybe put us over the top this year. But no, they're not mandatory after all. Yeah, very few things in life are mandatory, okay? And yet we do a lot of things in life. OTAs, I, pardon me. Sorry, I want my guys to show up for work. Oh, God. Crazy idea in 22, I know. Nobody wants to work anymore. Hey, we're exactly Ben Kenny. One of the hardest working people I know. Ben's always working. We're gonna talk golf with him coming up in about 10 minutes. You hear Ben on the Bill Michaels show on Kenny and Heilprin every Thursday. Ben knows his golf. And uh I don't know if you know this about me, but I know nothing about golf. I t- I texted Ben today. So I texted him this morning and I'm like, hey, uh, do you have any time tonight? I I know this sounds weird, but I'd really love to talk golf with you. And he's like, Oh, hell yes, totally down, which I I that makes me happy. When I ask people to come on and talk about something, I, I don't want it to, I don't want it to be begrudgingly. I didn't want to be like, "Fine, I guess." Like, I Ben loves talking about golf, so I'm super excited to talk about him. And I told Ben, I was like, "You don't get it. You don't get how little I know about golf for someone who does this job." Right? There's obviously a lot of people who know less about golf than I do, but for someone who does this job, I have to be in the first or second percentile of what I know about golf. So Ben's gonna color in some some missing spaces uh, as it pertains to some of the news in golf. Both the match tonight and what's going on with the PGA and the LIV. Is that what we're calling it? The LIV. We're also talking and hearing from Matt LaFleur. This is something that made my ears perk up a little bit. Now,
8: our plan all along was to kind of hold him from this. I
4: should, a little more context. David Bakhtiari is the subject of this answer.
8: Now, our plan all along was to kind of hold him from this, this time of the year and just make sure he's continuing to get stronger and ready to go, hopefully, for training camp.
7: Is it close?
8: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been close. He was out there in a the game, so it just... But it's just part of our process right now. So, from that perspective, there's no concern with him. It's that you're just playing it safe in the offseason. I mean, we just thought that, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's played a lot of ball, and um, it's best to, you know, hold him from this, this portion of it.
4: Okay, I don't want to sound... Uh... Well, I don't want to sound dumb. Let's put it that way. I don't want to sound dumb here. I don't want to sound shallow, and I don't want to sound like a fan. But it's been a while. Well, great. You've never blown out your knee. You don't know how hard it is to come back. No, I I understand. I I get it. It's a really debilitating, debilitating, you know the word. It's one of those. It's a really debilitating injury. Takes a long time to come back from. It's a lot of hard work. I'm not questioning that. It's just, it's, just, it's just getting to the point here where something, something stinks about this. There's something a little fishy. Something, something smells fishy about this. And I, I don't know. He probably doesn't need to do anything at OTAs. Yeah, that's fine. You can hold him out of this portion. But if we get six weeks down the road from now and we're still holding out from activities, this is, this is a thing. This is a thing. Don't tell me this isn't a thing. This is definitely a thing. Right? they probably beat Tampa Bay two years ago if David Bakhtiari plays. I've seen a lot of Packers fans say, well, they will probably would have won the Super Bowl last year if Bakhtiari plays too. Okay, yeah. That Packers offense scored 10 points against the Niners defense. It wasn't that good. I that loss really changed the way I viewed last year's team. Fair or unfair. I'm sorry. I don't know if one healthy David Bakhtiari was making the difference if the offense could only put up 10 points at home against a defense that's again not that good. The Niners defense was not that good. They were fine. Defense is not that good. I don't know that Bakhtiari is making the difference last year if they could only hang 10 points on that team at home, with or without their starting left tackle. But at some point, Dave Bakhtiari is eventually going to have to come back and play football, and that can just is seemingly getting kicked further and further and further down the road. It's concerning. That's all. Something is fishy in the way Matt LaFleur talked about it. Very limited the way he talked about it and how long he talked about it. Don't get me wrong. Um, But still... Little fishy, nonetheless. Fishy's not the worst thing in the world. At least it's not a catastrophe. Didn't say they're shutting him down for the next two months. It's just a little fishy. So my antennas are up. I'm going to pay attention. Let's get Ben Kenny on the phone. Ben Kenny of Kenny and Halprin and the Bill Michael Show. He's going to join us next. A ton is going on in golf today. And I'm excited to get Ben's expertise on everything going on in golf coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. The 2014 Brewers All-Name Team, you
0: have Wei-Chung Wang, uh, Rob, oh, Rob, Rob Wooten. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
4: Start tonight. Is that an ESPN thing that I can look up? The match start time? Is it on TNT? I think it is, right? 6 30 p.m. Eastern. Oh, so it starts in a half hour. Ah, I'm probably not gonna. Probably not gonna watch. Is that bad? I know my quarterback's playing, but if he says anything about the Packers, I'll see it on Twitter. It's not it's not that it's not a cool event, it's kind of a cool thing. Although, my friends who are really into golf kind of think it's dumb. Like, one of my best college buddies, when this was announced, texted me in in one of our group chats. He's like, guys, what do you think about this? Is this something that you like watching? My buddy um, from college, now he's a diehard golf fan, but nobody else really in the chat is. He's like, does this get you guys going? Because I think it's stupid. I think it's dumb. I would never watch this. He compared it to watching you know, three basketball players playing football, right? Let's take some sports stars and make them play another sport. I think golf is a little different. I think a lot of people just like to watch Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And okay. So they're playing golf, whatever. You don't need to be a golf expert or a lover of golf to enjoy it. Right? I don't think I'm going to watch. Not because it's not interesting. I got other things I need to do. I'm going to watch the Brewers. I am locked in with the Brewers right now. So I'm going to watch the Brewers. Uh, and if you locked me in a room by myself with two TVs, okay, then I'd watch, um, but it's a beautiful night. Maybe I'll go for a run tonight. Listen to the brewers in my headphones. I'm sorry. If Aaron Rodgers says something interesting, I'll see it after the fact. It's fine. I really don't care. This is the Wisco sports show. My name is Grant Bills. Now I was expecting to talk to our friend, Ben Kenny from the Bill Michaels show. You hear him on the zone in Madison every Thursday night, all across our network. You hear him on Kenny and Heilprin. He's everywhere. He listens to more sports talk does more sports talk than anybody I know uh and I was hoping to get him tonight around this time to talk about everything that's going on in golf this year right or not this year sure this year but I meant today what's going on today in golf right between this new league that's financed by the Saudis I think I think I'm understanding it correctly and then the match tonight as well and look at this we're getting a call I believe from Ben Kenny as we speak Ben Kenny what's going on <laughs> Grant Bills, good evening. Good evening. So I'm glad you called back. Okay, sometimes I have a guest on to talk brewers or whatever, and something comes up and, and w- whatever. I can talk about the brewers by myself for 15 minutes. So normally when that happens, I just talk about the questions that I was planning to ask. The issue is going to be tonight if we couldn't connect. I have all these golf questions, and I cannot expound on them because I don't know that much about golf. So I was really going to be in a tough place if I wasn't able to talk to you. <laughs>
3: To be completely honest, I was uh, pulling out of my parking garage. I did not have service. And I, got you. I I had planned my afternoon. I knew I was calling in at 5, but I did have a six-minute stretch of completely forgetting. <sighs> and then I went back on my phone. That's so, okay. It's all That's good. Okay. Did you get you, you
4: get, your moving this week? As am I. You got your new key. I got my key earlier today, too. This is an exciting day for us.
3: It's, it's exciting. I get stressed out at that stuff. You know what I mean? Well, it's so stressful because
4: there's, there's this weird... If, and if you move all the time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's this weird 10 to 12 hour stretch where you're in between places where you feel homeless. And it's a very like scattering feeling, not truly homeless, but you don't have like a home base to sit down and relax. And it really throws you off kilter. It's really stressful.
3: I had that for three weeks last year, actually. <laughs> oh, so uh, I was in on the morning show that week, I working long hours. That was a disaster. But no, it's the I hate logistics. Logistics yeah. stress me out. So. Yeah, I oh, I have oh, some God. big furniture
4: to move. I don't own a truck, but I have a couple. We have some work trucks. It's it's a whole thing. We don't need to talk about it. I'll probably talk about it next week. I beat our listeners over the head with moving stories next week. Okay, here's, here's what I need for you today. By the end of the next 10 or 12 minutes or however long we talk, I want to understand what's going on, right? It sounds like, and tell me if I'm reading this wrong, is it called Live? L-I-V, is it Live? Do we say L-I-V? or whatever it is, it's financed by the Saudis. They're poaching PGA golfers and their first event is in London. And I guess Dustin Johnson got a bunch of money and him and some 40 odd golfers are leaving for this league. That's about all I know. Is all of that correct? And and can you help me understand the rest?
3: Yeah. Uh, it's called LIV stance or something, but the hip kids call it the live, the live. Uh, it is, is financed by the Saudis. It is spearheaded by Greg Norman, uh, infamous golfer, known for collapsing on the final day of a Masters when he should have won. So it, it all kind of came up months ago. This guy, Alan Shipnock, is writing a biography of Phil Mickelson, which I ordered. It is a tremendous book. Nice. But in that conversation, this whole golf venture came up. And in, uh, Phil had said, yeah, I want to do this to better the tour, but it is scary going into business with these people. They are, quote, scary MFers obviously referring to the numerous human rights violations these Saudis have committed uh, and all the stuff that goes on out there. So time has gone on. There have been a lot of names rumored to be going over there, but we didn't really know until last night, I I think it was, that it came out. We know Dustin Johnson now, who is one of the faces of the tour, no doubt. One other young and -and up-and-coming player named Taylor Gooch. And aside from that, it's a bunch of European guys and 40-something-year-olds that the tour will not miss. So what's interesting now is does the tour say, Dustin Johnson, you cannot play in majors and you will be banned for life like yeah. they said they would, or do they walk back on that and welcome him back? Because if they start welcoming the guys back, then more people will end up going because the money over there is is ridiculous. Dustin Johnson, I think $150 million or yeah. 125 is what was reported. I heard that there were uh, they also got a bunch of amateurs, a bunch of college guys that were going to go to the pre tour kind of uh, minor leagues if you will, but instead they are getting 5 million up front, 250 grand per event plus whatever they win. So they'll get 8-9 million a year. So yeah, the, the tour is pretty much throwing money at people to get them to come play. That is that is the gist.
4: So logistically it's interesting how this works because there's There's really no competitor to the PGA. So, and the way I'm reading it and what I've learned over the last day or two is kind of, I've just seen little traces here and there. There's not really a player's union in the PGA and there's not representation the same way there is in in our other professional sports. Is that correct? So this could, this get interesting with a leverage standpoint, right? What golfers come to expect from the PGA, right? That's certainly a part of this too, right?
3: Yes. There is a board of some sort with multiple player representatives. Okay. Though, the playing public has not grown fond of the decisions made by said board. Typical. So, yes, the back channels will be interesting. What I think is that, like, the Saudi tour is unable to come poach the best players. And until they get the best players, no one's going to watch. I watch golf for the guys that want to go win trophies, not for the guys that want to go play to make money, which sometimes it's the same, right? But the guys you really are captivated by, are the ones that are out there for legacy. Yeah. You don't really care about the guy that comes in 25th for 200 grand. So what the Saudi tour has to do is get all of those players. And then the only way to do that is to, you know, offer them stupid money. But all the guys said no. So instead what they're doing is going after all of the young guys and up-and-coming guys that are coming out of college because it's impossible for a 21-year-old to say no to $9 million pretty much guaranteed, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. that's their way in. And, and that's their way to force change, I guess, as well, because then the tour is going to have to start poaching the college guys before the Saudi league does, which changes the format of who gets to the tour. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it is a monopoly at this point. So naturally, you will see some power uh, lost by the PGA tour but i do not believe the the live is here to set is here to stay
4: <laughs> the live okay so first of all
3: now that I, I i wasn't really sure
4: and for the last hour i've been teasing our conversation we're going to talk about the live or the liv i don't technically know what it's called i listened to a couple shows where they were talking about it today but they weren't sure either so what kind of an incentive so for justin johnson right you said that there's a lot of younger golfers that are being enticed by this league by the live. Dustin Johnson is maybe the outlier, is a name we know, a bigger named guy, and and this is kind of what we went through with Phil a couple months ago or whatever that was. What difference does it make for a guy like Dustin Johnson if he's truly kept away from, because he won a Masters at some point, didn't he? If he can't golf at Augusta for the rest of his career and he can't come back and do the U.S. Open and the Ryder Cup. What, what does that mean to a guy like Dustin Johnson? Even if he's getting the money, legacy-wise, that's got to be a big deal, right? Well, Dustin
3: Johnson might be the one where who knows if he thinks it's a big deal. Okay. So he's Uh, when he walks into a press conference, it's big, like one word answers. I'm here to play golf. I play golf. I hit the ball. I make money. I go home. Mm -hmm. So yes, I I definitely think he, he likes, he cares about his legacy and wants to win. But I mean, it's like he's the perfect face for it uh, because he is not necessarily one that is colorful, you know, when talking to the media and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. And frankly, I don't think the PGA Tour has the balls to ban him. Yeah. he's too important. I don't, I don't, I don't think they they'll do go that. play Ryder Cups without him because he's too important. Okay. So interesting.
4: That's a good point. By the way, one last thing I wanted to ask you about this, and then I want to talk about the match. Um, if Bill and Zach, Bill Michaels and Zach Heilpern had Saudi Arabian cousins, and they were starting a network and offered you $50 million to go work there, would you would you leave us?
3: Uh, 100%. I would do it for far less. <laughs> I would do it for far less. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I think I'm Grant. the same have Grant, what I've brought up is because they try to get all these defectors over to their tour, I'm wondering if they're also establishing a state-run media where they go after all the big golf writers and all the big golf uh, commenters. All the big ones will say no because they are loyal to the PGA tour. Meanwhile, then they go down to the kids that just graduated from journalism school, of which I am one. And then I can go make way too much money wait. to be completely controlled by the, by the lip. Wait, down. wait, but you,
4: but then you would be robbed of the experience of working for no money and ridiculous hours for the next 10 years, slowly networking and making your way and working nights. But I wouldn't want to be robbed of that. The Saudis couldn't pay me enough to miss out on that. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I
3: guess. you make a good point.
4: We're, we're talking with Ben Kenny. Uh, you hear him on the Bill Michaels show, Kenny and Heilpern every Thursday on Twitter at Ben Kenny. Do you care about the match? Right, I know Aaron Rodgers is playing, so that's that's kind of something that Packers fans, Wisconsin sports fans might be interested in. I have one of my best buddies from college who loves golf, and when this is first announced, he texts me. He's like, do you actually care about this? This is the dumbest thing ever. So I have a golf purist buddy who hates this, thinks it's stupid. What do you think? I can't really decide how I feel about it.
3: Well, I'm going to watch because okay. we're going to talk about it tomorrow because it's Aaron Rodgers, and that's how the state works, whether I love it or not. Do I am I excited to watch it? No, I think it's stupid. When they had PJ, when they had Tiger and Phil, and even though Bryson is such a loser, when they had him, <laughs> I love watching him play golf. But he's just so annoying. Yeah. But when they had those guys, like yeah, I would watch Mickelson and whoever against DeShambeau and whoever because they have tour guys. As soon as they just go four quarterbacks, as a semi golf purist in some <laughs> ways, like I, I would want to go watch guys that are good at golf. You know, plus uh, Patrick Mahomes irritates me. <laughs> you don't like Patrick Mahomes? Why not? No, I no, I think he's great. I he's oh. awesome, but I I don't know the the dynamic. Like Brady and Rogers, fine. I I'm fine with both of their personalities. For some reason, there's like a I I don't like the, the trash talk. I don't like how it it seems all scripted and it's very forced. Like I don't know, no profanity. <laughs>
4: You don't think Aaron Rodgers mocking another quarterback's family? Just You don't find that intriguing? I find that so funny. And it seems very scripted. You're right.
3: No, it was fun, Grant, before we knew Rodgers was going to come back, like last year when they had it, oh. and he was riding around and not answering anything. I had fun with that so I could take audio bites and use them on the show. Mm-hmm. For this, there will be nothing interesting from my perspective that comes from it. Because that's how I view everything. Like a LaFleur press conference. Man. I need sound bites. That's true. That's true. That's true. I I'm the
4: same way when Aaron Ashby had a great outing on Monday, I was driving back to lacrosse and I was listening to it. I'm like, okay, great. We can talk about this for an hour throughout the week because he's having this awesome outing at a young age. So I'm the same way. I'm very selfish with how I watch things. I, I don't know. What have you been saying about OTAs? Like whether or not Rogers and all these guys should be there. Is that something that you've really hammered on the Bill Michael show or not too much?
3: myself no okay uh the things i hammer are more things that are uh closer to my brand if you will and that is you know college football wisconsin yeah. yet if i like i i have a i have opinions but i'm not i i'm not drawn enough to go out on a crusade but i don't really care like <laughs> he, he can miss A's, he'll be fine but bill i think bill's point is great and he says that as soon as Rogers during week eight says he doesn't throw to the young guys because they don't have a connection, yeah. then he will take some issue with that. And I yeah. completely agree with his point on that. But I don't know. They're OTAs. I don't care. The team's really good. Rogers will be good. It'll
4: be fine. Before we uh, say goodbye, because I know you have things to do. Uh, and at some point I need to talk about tonight, I'm going to talk about the fantasy football debacle between Jack Peterson and uh, Tommy Pham. Cause I think it's funny. I think it's so outrageous that it, it's so funny. It has to be talked about, but, but quickly before I let you go, um, do you have one college football, big 10 prediction, bold prediction that you've really been thinking about a lot? Cause you sent me some, uh, some notes that you were doing, you were ranking. It looked like big 10 quarterbacks. I thought your rankings were pretty good.
3: Yeah, we are ranking quarterbacks. Uh, ooh, a big prediction. Yeah, I mean, something you've one thinking I've been about. running with for... Yeah. Um, you know, I was big on Nebraska last year. They won three <laughs> games. They were good. This year, they have six out of seven of their first seven games are easy, minus Oklahoma. They'll go, like, 5-1, and 6-1 and one to start. They'll need one more win to get a bowl, Grant. And their final games are michigan minnesota Iowa, Wisconsin, and they're going to lose all four because they don't have a defensive line. And then okay. Scott Frost is going to get fired.
4: Okay, so here's what I've found this NBA postseason. It's a really tried and true method for, um, for kind of guarding yourself. If you make a prediction, then you'll be wrong. It's better to say that a team is good, and then if they start losing, you can rip them for being losers. Like, I'm doing this with the Celtics. I keep saying that the Celtics are the best team and they're better than everyone else. And then anytime they would lose to the Bucks or the Heat, I'd just be like, well, they're they're whiners. They're babies. They're giving these games away. It's actually a pretty winnable stance. So better to say that a team is good and then have them lose than the other way around. So I'd go off with Nebraska. I'd do it again if I were
3: you. Oh, Grant, I am the spin king. You forget yeah. this. My guy Jack Cohn didn't get drafted, so I went on a... <laughs> thirty minute rant about how deep the draft class was because of the COVID eligibility oh eligibility uh, waiver from three years
0: ago. Oh, that's don't worry. A
3: great I have spin. the quivers. That's a great spin. I have the bows
4: and the quivers. Um oh last thing. I'm all in I have no reason for this other than I've just decided I want to make this my point. I'm all in on a Graham Mertz breakout season. I think it's 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 all been leading up to this. I'm ready for it. It's happening.
2: <laughs> we'll see. Okay, whoa, well, well that's
4: not a that's not a vote of confidence. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna get excited. I don't and, have much confidence, Grant. Well, we have no reason to, but sometimes you just gotta go on a feeling. And I, I don't know why I have a feeling about Grant Mertz. I think it's just I want him to be good. I want a reason to get excited for Saturdays to watch the Badgers and, and that's that. So I'm just I mean he's gonna be good. I'm convincing myself of it.
9: Yeah.
4: All right. All right. Hey, enjoy the match tonight. I look forward to hearing your breakdown on the Bill Michaels show tomorrow. Kenny and Halper, what's the plan for Kenny and Halper tomorrow? I saw you were tweeting about it.
3: Uh, Brewers game, so podcast only episode, but we are ranking Big Ten quarterbacks. I have tiers. I posted a preview (laughs) up on my Twitter, and the three categories I have teased are the, quote, reason the Big Ten is a running conference tier, the (laughs) I have absolutely no idea tier, and it is organizational malpractice to start this guy under center tier. So that's just three of them. But we're going through quarterbacks.
4: There's probably there's probably more organizational malpractice guys uh, than than some of those other categories. There's a lot of those guys in the Big Ten. Thank you, Ben. Good luck with the move. I look forward to Kenny and Heilprin tomorrow night. Yeah, see ya. That's Ben Kenny, The Bill Michaels Show, Kenny and Heilprin, which will be tomorrow in podcast form. Follow him on Twitter, at Kenny, And you can just find all of his show's info there. And then when he posts the, the show podcast, you can find it right there, too. That's... That's where you need to go. Go to Ben's Twitter at Benzie Let's take a break, debrief on some things that we just talked about. And then for Slow News Wednesday, I want to talk about this outrageous story that came out of Major League Baseball. I wanted to ignore it. It's gotten to the point where I can't ignore it anymore. It's so outrageous that we absolutely need to talk about it. So that's coming up. It's the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
4: Wisco Sports Show, the match starting in a couple of minutes. I see tweets about it. Aaron Rodgers joking uh, about OTAs. What are OTAs? He says. He quits. He jokes. Well, actually it stands for organized team activities and it's when the team first starts to install the offense so that when training camp actually starts, people are familiar with the offense so you can really hit the ground running. That's fine though. We've won a bunch of Super Bowls the last couple of years so we can probably afford to take it easy. Not like the clock is running on a roster that's really burdened by the salary cap and you know a new big deal for the quarterback making a lot of money team friendly though it's, t- it's team friendly quarter it's team it's 50 million but it's it's but it's it's really not because it's it's team friendly it's categorically false i mean it's 50 million but again it's not though it's not it's team team friendly so the match anyways starts in a couple of minutes i'll probably watch the brewers i might have to catch up on the match and what i miss tomorrow i'm not a golf guy is it because I don't play? Do you need to play golf in order to love watching it? Maybe that's it. It's, I, I, I like the idea of golf. I like the idea of being out in the breeze by myself in the peace and quiet and working on my craft. I like the idea of, you know, having my own clubs and getting used to my own clubs and getting the feel for my clubs like no one else does. And only I know how to use that putter. And, I you know, golf courses are beautiful, especially around this state. Oh, my God, the rolling hills and the trees. It's beautiful right i love the idea of it but i don't actually want to go do, i don't actually want to go to it i love to fly fish that is my old man activity so like if there's ever a chance with uh someone from a company a businessman they're like grant i'd love to talk uh, talk talk business with you would you come out and golf i'd be like no but do you fly fish please you're rich old and white hopefully you also oh good you also fly fish okay you. thank you good It's either that or or sailing. (laughs) Do you you sailboat? No. Okay, so fly fishing it is. Gotcha. I'm down for that. I don't golf. Maybe that impacts uh, my lack of golf viewership. 608-796-2558. The reason this new league interests me, the live, as I think Ben Kenny said, the kids are calling it. (laughs) Okay. The live interests me because while I don't watch golf, a larger conversation about the state of golf and the governance of golf and the scandal of golf. Okay. Well now I'm in, I don't need to understand how to use a five iron or whatever. Five iron's a thing, right? I don't, I don't need to understand the intricacies of golf to enjoy a fun conversation about (laughs) Dustin Johnson. It wasn't Justin Rose. Yeah. Dustin Johnson, Dustin Johnson getting like 150 million of Saudi money to go play in a, in a league in the live, that interests me. I don't need to know the intricacies of the game of golf to understand that. And I sometimes feel the same way about college football. Now, I love watching the Badgers. I love my Badgers football team. Normally go to a game every year, certainly every other year. I like visiting Madison. It's an awesome game day experience. I love it. There's also Saturdays where, to be quite honest, I'm a little frustrated with giving up four hours of a beautiful fall Saturday to watch the Badgers beat Northwestern 21 to 17. Like I, sue me. Can I admit that as a sports radio guy when it's a beautiful Saturday in the fall and the sunshine is dwindling and we're soon to be all winter, all the time, all dark, all cold and it's beautiful outside and I could do anything. I could go for a hike. I could go for a run. Like I said, I could go fly fishing. I don't like to golf, but I do like dabbling in some occasional Frisbee golf. I could go do that or I could sit inside and watch Nebraska and Wisconsin punt for four hours. Oh, college football games are so long. So there are some parallels in college football to golf. Now, I like college football a lot more than I like golf, but I'm not all into it like some people are. And that's why I think outside of the Badgers, my favorite discussions, my favorite topics about college football are institutional ones. The NIL, where the sport is moving, big head coaching changes, big, big coaching hires, right? Conference strength these big-picture ideas where I don't need to understand how good the recruiting class is at UCLA in 2023. I don't need to understand that to, to be a part of the conversation. But I like talking about how Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban are going at it over the NIL and why the league is is struggling in this way or why the sport is hurting in this way. Those are the conversations that interest me. And that's why I think this new golf league is fascinating to me and I actually care about it even though I don't care about golf, Right. Plus $150 million of Saudi money will make sense. Uh, let's see here. A couple of texts. Let's see which ones actually apply before I start reading them. Um, let's see here. Let's go Jamie first. Jamie at Ken's Barbershop, which, by the way, I got a really nice fade. Ken's Barbershop, Northside of La Crosse this morning. Thank you, as always, Jamie. He says, I don't sit in front of a football game until golf season is over. Too beautiful to stay inside. See, that's the thing. That's that's it, Jamie. We live in Wisconsin, and we, we don't get a lot of warm, sunny weather, especially in the fall. And it sometimes feels like a sin to sit inside and watch college football for an entire Saturday when it's nice out. Now, Sundays, I'll, I watch football all day on Sundays. I have to do that for my job. I have no problem watching the NFL all day. I love that. I can't give up both days. I can't do it when it's nice outside. So that's why I'll watch the Badgers. And some Saturdays, that's it. And then some Saturdays, I don't even want to watch the Badgers. Because it's like, well, you can watch Nebraska and... Wisconsin trade punts for four hours, or you can go outside and, and actually get some fresh air and touch some grass and get a little tan and feel great about yourself. Sometimes I'd rather do that. Um, We got Todd, who's chiming in on the Packers. says, uh, receivers need to gain Rogers' trust. That's all we hear. So don't you think it would be good to get a feel for Watkins and Amari and the new rookie? Wouldn't you want to get a few throws in with the new guys? Yes. Yeah, yes, Todd, yes. And this, this is the thing again. If Aaron Rodgers and the Packers had been to four Super Bowls over the last 12 years, this would be a different conversation. But we're coming up against it right now. We're coming up against it. We're running out of Aaron Rodgers' contract. We're running out of money to spend. The window is closing rapidly. And we haven't even been back to a second Super Bowl. And for that reason, I'm looking for every edge. I'm looking for every advantage that we can scrounge up and use. And just showing up to OTAs. Be a pretty nice advantage. And a lot of Packers fans just want to cast that off. Well, he doesn't need it. Okay, well, maybe, maybe not. What do we know what he needs? We haven't been back to a Super Bowl since Obama was president. Right, 2010? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the Romney election. Before before his second term. The first Obama term. The first one. When the black-eyed peas were a thing. That's how long it's been. Showing up for OTAs. Maybe a worthwhile investment. Or maybe not. Who knows? What do I know? Gotta go golf. Where is the match? Where are they golfing? I'm gonna look that up over the commercial break. We don't need to do that now. Let's take a break. Slow news Wednesday. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about this story from baseball that involves fantasy football. We're going to do that next on the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
4: Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We've talked golf today. I feel like I've accomplished something, even if it was mostly with the help of Ben Kenny, The Bill Michael Show, Kenny and Heilper, you hear him on The Zone. We appreciate Ben's time talking golf. We don't normally do that on this show, so it's fun. Scott has given me a call. I wonder what Scott wants. 608-796-2558. What's up, Scott? What's going on?
7: Hey, I want to continue talking about golf, so don't hang up on me yet. And but let's uh, do it. I was trying to try to do some research here. I know the PGA talking about that Saudi Golf League. Mm-hmm. So the PGA wants to ban from the PGA if you participate in the Saudi League. And I don't think the PGA has any jurisdiction over the US Open, the Masters, or the Open. So I think that if you want if you're a if you're a past masters champion I think that they can still play in the Masters because the PGA has no jurisdiction over the Masters. And I think the USGA controls the U.S. Open. And I'm not sure who controls the British Open, but that's a whole other continent. So I don't think the PGA has any jurisdiction there. So, I mean, they can prevent these guys from playing on PGA events on U.S. soil. But the majors, with the exception of the PGA Championship, I don't think the PGA has any, any authority to say they cannot.
4: Well, Scott, it's funny you bring that up because I have no idea. I have much less of an idea on this than you do. I saw that Jay Monahan said today, both to players and their agents, you can play on the tour or you can play in the Saudi league. You can't do both, which makes sense to me. But I don't understand exactly which entity has jurisdiction over what like. And that's what I asked Ben back at four o'clock. I was like, or back at five o'clock. Are they really going to keep Dustin Johnson off the Masters? Like, are they really going to have the stones to do that? That would be t- – assuming they have jurisdiction there, which I'm not sure, right? Would they really do that? That's tough.
7: I went to a website called Gulf News Net, and they said that the Masters is owned, run, and conducted by the Masters membership. Okay. And the PGA does not have the, – the, the. I guess, like, every major tour around the world recognizes the Masters as a sanctioned event. So like the Japanese tour and the European tour, as well as the U.S. tour, they all recognize the matches as an event, yeah. but it's not owned or regulated by the PGA. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, you know, whatever you read on the internet's true, so I guess that's true. <laughs> that's, that's true, and everything
4: that callers <laughs> tell me is true. That's how I handle everything that you guys tell me. So I, I'm sure there are exceptions. I don't know how it all works, whether it's the USGA, like you said, or the PGA, and then some of these events, especially like the Masters, you win it once, you come back and you play every year, even if you're just teeing off or even if you're just there kind of ceremoniously. I think that's the next step for some of these golfers is to kind of call the bluff of the PGA, right? Just be like, okay, well, then well, prevent I... me from
7: playing. Go ahead and do it then. Let's see it. Yeah, because I think some like some decent names. I think Phil Mickelson, he's a Patrick's master ch- Masters champ. Dustin mm-hmm. Johnson, Sergio Garcia. So, I mean, these guys are going to – I think they can come back and play in the Masters. I mean, so I, I understand the Saudi throwing the money at them. I mean – I mean, I guess, like, if you're a Phil Mickelson and you're kind of at the sunset of your career and they're going to throw hundreds of millions of dollars at you, <laughs> oh, well, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I get it. I
4: But, I, and as I said with Ben back at uh, 5 o'clock, you know, if some radio network in Saudi Arabia wanted to throw hundreds of millions of dollars at me. Ben said he'd do it for way less. So, if in case you're keeping track, my morality a little bit higher than Ben's. I would need a lot of money. Ben would just need a, a, a somewhat significant sum of money.
7: Could you just get, like, a one-year deal for, like, maybe, like, $30 million?
4: Yeah, I, I'll take it all up front. I, I don't need any financial security past one year. I'll, you know, I'll put my time and I'll do some broadcasts, and then I'll come back, right? And I'll be, and I'll be solid financially. And at this point, Scott, I, I will be so taken care of financially, I'll have no anxiety, I'll have no worry about finances, so I'll be a better employee for my current company when I come back in a year. I think that's how that would play out.
7: Yeah, well, hey, when you got $30 million, pop, you can probably be a pretty hard-to-regulate employee, so...
4: Uh, Ben Kenny just tweeted a picture of Aaron Rodgers with a golf Saudi logo photoshopped on his on his polo. (laughs) Ben Kenny says that uh, Aaron Rodgers seems like a live guy if he were to golf in a in in either of these leagues. Yeah, I don't know. This can be fascinating to follow. This seems very much like a college sports story, doesn't it? Like just big political bodies going back and forth. It's very interesting.
7: Yeah, this could go as well as the USFL or maybe they got enough money to keep it going for as long as it takes. Who knows?
4: Yeah, I don't know if money's the issue for the Saudis. It doesn't seem like they're going to run out of money anytime soon. Okay, Scott, I'm going to let you go. This was a pleasure to talk with you. This is very rare. I've done this with almost no callers. So what we just did was something special. I right, honored to be here. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Have a good night. <laughs> That's 608-796-2558. What Scott and I have is special. Okay, I don't have it with anyone else. Yeah, I don't know how this works. Do I have to... Here's what I have to do tonight. I have to go home, and I need to crack open my laptop, and I just need to go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, and I need to understand the governing bodies and their jurisdictions over certain majors. I don't even know how many majors there are. You can t- Is the Ryder Cup a major? I feel like that's something different. I, again, I don't know. I know as little about golf as one can know and still do this job, right? But, hey, you know what? It's not about what I know. It's about what I can do. And, man, can I foster a good, entertaining conversation, which is really the point. You don't look to me for, for golf knowledge. You look to me for uh, for fun, bubbly conversation, the likes of which I just had with Scott, and and I will have with you, too. Give me a call, 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I do want to talk about this Major League Baseball fantasy football thing, because it's the... I can't believe that this is... Well, I can't believe this is the thing. You give enough men enough money, and this is what you get. You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? It started, I believe, on Thursday, or was this Saturday? I don't have the date in front of me. It was early on or early heading into Memorial Day weekend. And I got a push notification on my phone, and I saw it on Twitter, that there was an altercation in the outfield before a Reds-Padres game between Tommy Pham... And Jock Peterson, and I thought maybe it was it was the Giants. Now at the time, not the Padres, because uh, Tommy Pham used to pay for the Padres, so it was the Giants, which is Jock Peterson's current team, right? So there was a, a fracas, and Tommy Pham slapped him across the face, right? And I saw this notification. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. You know, must be beefing about something. You know, I don't know. Used to be on the same team or whatever. It's professional sports. It doesn't matter. Okay, whatever. So I stopped paying attention especially because Jock Peterson just kind of bothers me. He just looks like a, I mean, it's how he looks. It's just the way he is, the way he looks. I, it's, I, I can't explain it any way other than that. It's the way he looks, okay? So then I see tweets after the fact. The reason that Tommy Pham slapped him, slapped Jock Peterson, was over a, deb- uh, a, a debate. It was over a dispute uh, regarding fantasy football. And I'm, I saw that, saw that headline and I, no way. Okay, well, there's audio. They asked Jock Peterson about it after the game. Here's Jock Peterson explaining why he was slapped by Tommy
9: Pham before a game. Um, We were in a fantasy fantasy league together. Uh, I put somebody, a player, on the injured reserve when they were listed as out. And, um, added another player, uh, and then, um, uh, there was a text message in the group saying that I was cheating, uh, because I was stashing players on my bench.
4: Okay. So Jack Peterson talked about this for another minute and a half, another two minutes. I cut it off. He kept going for two minutes explaining exactly what happened and, at some point in this answer, you, like me, probably thought, "Okay, well, we don't, we don't really need to know all of it. Like, holy cow, this doesn't, this is dumb. This is so dumb. Why are you still explaining it? So, Tommy Fam, Jock Peterson are in a fantasy football league together. Jock Peterson stashed a player on his IR when, I guess, in. Spirit, The IR is reserved for players who are out for an extended period of time. But also, the commissioner's got to be on top of that. As a longtime commissioner of one of my leagues, you take a certain responsibility. And the commissioner of their league, uh, who actually happens to be Mike Trout, interestingly enough, uh, because, of course, uh, Mike Trout's not doing his job. Anyways, Tommy Pham was asked about this, and he gave his response. He's like, wait, wait, wait,
2: you don't know the whole story. Oh, good. What was that? You know, there's there's some some shit that went on in fantasy, you know, but what he forgot to tell
7: you guys, too, you know, he said some disrespectful shit in a text message, and I called him out on it. So it was regarding, you know, my former team. So he he said some stuff about... I just said it plain and clear. Okay, so it wasn't anything, uh, like... My former team, so, so I didn't like that, and I didn't like the sketchy shit going on in the fence. You had too much money on the line, you know. So you look at it like, oh, you know, there's, a, there's a code you when know, my money, then you're going to say some disrespectful shit. You
6: know, there's a, there's a code to this.
7: Okay, so.
4: First of all, he sounds like he's a Jimmy Tatro character, which is hilarious if you know who that is. If you don't know who Jimmy Tatro is, look him up, watch some videos, and you'll be like, oh, my God, Tommy Fam is a creation. He's a character of Jimmy Tatro. Man, when that much money is involved, you don't F with my money. Okay, well, we've come to learn that it's a $10,000 league. $10,000 $10,000 to players who make that much money is essentially 200 250 bucks to us, which, hey, to me is a lot of money. I don't like playing fantasy football for a ton of money, but I also don't like gambling on sports. Some would say that you need the money to be invested – I just only put myself in two leagues, maybe three at the most. I can do it for fun. I don't need a ton of money. It's nice if I can win 200 bucks, but I'm not investing two, 250 into a league. I'm not doing that. That's too much. But the idea that he's some sort of high roller, which is definitely what he said. He's like, I'm big in Vegas. You know, I throw the money around. Dude, $10,000 for a fantasy football league for you is not that much. So don't act like there's general generational money on the line here, Okay. Tommy Pham said he was disrespectful. Well, then Jack Peterson was asked, well, what happened? Well, what was disrespectful? He pulls out his phone and he reads the text.
9: It's true. There are, uh, there was a lot of money involved in it. There, I did send a GIF in the group chat that was making fun of the Padres. Um, in the group chat, there was also some, there was more than one Padre. There was maybe four or five that uh, I'm kind of close with a couple of them and it was supposed to be a friendly thing, just making fun of they were playing bad and just talking back and forth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he did not like that and responded, uh, "Jock, I don't know you well enough to make any jokes like this. And, uh, yeah, so then um, I wrote back. I'm just trying to pull it up so it's exact. Pulling his phone out was meant to be all fun and games. No hard feelings. Sorry if you took it that way.
4: This is... There are actual reporters doing their actual job, getting paid actual money, who are asking questions about this. And do you hear the tone? It's like somber. It's like, yeah, I know. Let me pull out the phone so I can show you. This is the stupidest thing that has ever happened. A grown man playing fantasy football with another grown man who slapped one grown man... Before a baseball game, which they both professionally play, they're men who play a game for a living who were playing a fantasy game and they got upset that somebody was stashed on IR. You're messing with my money. Shut up, Tommy fam. It's not that much money. It's not that much money. $10,000 for how much these guys make, and I looked it up, is very, it's it's basically one of us throwing $200 in a fantasy football league. That's nothing. Mess with my money. Dude, shut up. It's fantasy football. (laughs) You're not buying treasury bills. No one's, no one's stealing your identity. It's fantasy football. So calm down a little bit, Tommy fam. Well, I guess Mike Trout is their commissioner. Mike Trout was asked about it because, of course, now we've involved somebody else. So, you know, I talked to Tommy. Yeah, I talked to Jock, yeah, Everybody in the that was part of it. You know,
9: just passionate about, passionate about fantasy football.
0: So You still the
7: industry What's that? Am I going to
9: resign? Uh... I haven't
0: made that decision.
6: I don't know. Every
4: commissioner I know always includes. It's true. Fantasy football commissioner's got to be that guy. He's got to be the bearer of bad news. He's got to be the decision maker, and everybody's got to respect him. I've been the commissioner in my league for a couple of years now. we got a good thing going, right? I, I would actually, I, if sports were to shut down again, something I could do a whole show on, I'd love to take calls on the dynamics of your fantasy football league. Like how much, what's the perk for being the commissioner? Do they get a discount? How much effort do they put into it? Right? I exactly how does it work? Cause I, I I think it's fascinating. And it it really governs parts of our lives, as we've seen with these professional baseball players who make millions of dollars, who are slapping each other on the field of play over a, a gift that was sent in the chat. A it was a gift. It was a gift. Thank God we saw it by the way. He pulled it out and showed his phone to the reporters so we could all see. <laughs> We need to keep this going. We need another wrinkle to this. Eric is on I-90, 796 Eric, do you play fantasy football?
10: I used to play fantasy football. Yes, I did. Not anymore? Not anymore. Um, I don't know why I got away from it. But it was a good time. It was, you know, it's... Uh... You know, we did it back when it was, like, all on paper yet. We didn't even have, like, ESPN websites to do it for us. Well, you're an old school And I guy. was commissioner one year. Oh, how'd that go? You know, we had... It went, it went great. We won. We won. We Well, someone has to win in your league.
4: Were you a good commissioner? Did you enjoy it? I... You know, it,
10: it, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, especially yeah. when you're spilling everything out by hand, you know, because everybody's like got their nose in it the next day, and, oh, you made a mistake on this and that, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Yep. Oh, nice. Well, what else is going on? I don't know. It seems like a little bit of a slow news day. What are the topics? I'm trying to follow the rules.
4: Well, so we were talking about golf uh, and how the Saudis are throwing hundreds of millions of dollars to try to poach PGA guys into their own golf league. We talked about that. Uh, we talked about two professional baseball players who were slapping each other on the field of play for fantasy football. And a uh, little OTAs. You know, Rogers is golfing in the match tonight. He's not at OTAs. And Matt LaFleur seems a little frustrated, not just with Rogers, but a lot of players who aren't there. So that's what we've covered. Go ahead and pick one and run
10: with it. All right. Well, I've been having some technical difficulty here. I've been streaming you. And WKT, why don't you go down to those towers down by Goose Island? <sighs> and turn the amperage up so we can actually pick you up someplace.
4: I might actually be going to Goose Island tonight. If it's nice, that was something that was maybe on my list of things to do. I I haven't been down there in a while. Do
10: you know where the KTY towers are?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, should I stop and, what do you want me to hit it with a hammer on my way down there?
10: Go in there and turn the amperage up. You know, the KTY towers are kind of a landmark,
4: you know? Oh, Um, yes, of course.
10: Well, they are. I mean, you ask anybody who's you know, in the outdoors, uh, fishing, boating till 3 in the morning, drunk. The KTY towers are a specific landmark that you use to get in at night.
4: Really? Is that? I've never gone boating. Can we yeah. go boating on the river at night sometime, Eric? That sounds like a thrill.
10: Well, it's, no, I don't do that anymore. That's, that's a bad idea, Grant. Well, yeah, that's but if really we'd be together, I feel idea. like
4: we'd be fine, you know?
10: You know, if if the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald would have the KTY towers to guide them in, they may have been all right. They
0: may
4: have
10: been all right. Well
4: done with that comment. You tied it all together. Eric, I have to take one more break, so I'm sorry, but I have to let you go.
10: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Talk to you later, bud. Talk to to you later, Eric. What did we just accomplish? what did we accomplish in that chat? other than knowing that Eric once was a fantasy football commissioner when they did it on paper. That's actually pretty cool. That's impressive. I've never done that. So, Eric, you got that. You're one up on me. Let's take a break. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Zone Radio Network.